0: Goosebumps every time I need the high move. Throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time. Yeah, All right, back here on the sports grind Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinning the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios 87737 All All right, keeping it moving here. Um. So yeah, we'll see. I'm pretty sure uh, Golden State's off tonight. Uh, we'll be looking at the night schedule here shortly, but they're off tonight. And uh, so therefore, I think the the ruling will come down later this evening, or either early tomorrow morning in regards to what his suspension is going to be. It's not going to be one of those things going to be dragged out. Um, but however... Just sticking into the NBA theme a little bit uh last night the Lakers uh comeback rally against the Mavericks fell short they fell 127 to 125 last night um they're actually back in action tonight uh against the Spurs um I know you said that you know you know you've had the radar the Mavericks have sh- popped up on your radar especially how Lucas playing um
1: you know ever since becoming a daddy
0: oh that's right man i forgot luca is uh became a father so young man i just these guys this amazes me it just amazes me how they want to start so quick to start families when you're when you're in the midst of your life that's that's just uh
1: he's about to be 25 yeah man but you know it, my dad it, had three kids yeah, by
0: 25 yeah but your dad wasn't a professional athlete um I just feel like the focus that it takes. I mean, each is own. I mean, there's players that do it, but then there's some players that don't decide to have kids after playing days. I like Derek Jeter. You know, I mean, each is own, man. I mean, it's one of those that um different. You know, but anyway,
1: the thing with uh, Ronnie, the Mavericks, Bronny Jr. was born when like Bron was nineteen.
0: Yeah, those things happen. I mean, yeah, but all of a sudden, you know, that goes on. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, when you're Luca. And you're there, and like, is he
1: married? Uh, fiance. They've been together for seven years. Okay. They got engaged this summer.
0: No, more power to him. I'm just saying that there's guys that didn't. I mean. Kobe Bryant, he didn't start on his family until a little bit later. I mean, he had already accomplished, I think, a ring, if I'm not mistaken, a couple. It's just each his own. You know, you look around, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant hasn't got, I don't even think Kevin Durant dates, but let alone kids. It just depends, man. It's just, it's just. I mean, also, you're hearing this from an opinion of a guy that turns 47 in a month that has no kids. I've played step day, but I have no kids. And I've said this a hundred times. If I had kids, there's no way I'd be talking to you right now. On radio. I never would have started talking to you on radio if I had kids. Just sacrifice. Some people make, have to do it. That's all. Uh, cause it's hard, cause it takes it. I mean, you could do it, but it takes away from you. Uh, you know, the history shows you. I can go down the list of athletes that just have to feel because it's that human nature where you want it. You know, that's the normal thing, you know, have a family and have this, but especially in these days and times, it, it takes a lot to be focused in on a professional athlete, especially if you're somebody Lucas stature that has expectations and has a whole weight of a franchise uh, riding on them. But um, anyway, the Lakers are coming off of a loss and they're going to be in uh taking on the Spurs. Um is this is this in the uh, Frost Bank Center tonight Jonas is this one in uh Spurs in LA? Uh,
1: this is at Crypto.
0: Okay, this is in the Crypto. So this is the Spurs in Oh the wait, little. wait.
1: Uh, let me double check that. one. Really it's the Spurs, sorry, my apologies. Yeah, that, that because
0: they they wouldn't go from Dallas. Uh they usually do the Texas two-step with the Triangle. So yeah, that was the obvious. question. I should have known it was going to be in the Frost Bank Center. Um the thing with the Spurs side I just said Spurs are plus
1: three and a half
0: That must mean Somebody's not playing tonight For LA But to be honest with you That that sounds like To me Anthony Davis And LeBron Is probably sitting out Somebody's out
1: uh, With neither being present On the first field goal props I would say It sounds like that
0: I know lines man I can tell you um, That's what As soon as you tell There's no way A team that's lost 17 games in a row and the Lakers coming into town, even though they're coming off a of back-to-back. Normally, if LeBron or AD both was playing, that line tonight would have been Lakers probably by like half a of back-to-back. It would have been easily Lakers about 7.5 to 8.
1: Yeah, no Gabe Vincent. LeBron is day-to-day questionable with a calf contusion. I know mean, Anthony Davis talked about he got banged up in the uh, NBA Cup final, and he's quite was quite questionable. Uh, This is just from ESPN right now, um, today. So LeBron is technically day-to-day. Vanderbilt, day-to-day. Anthony Davis, day-to-day. No Gabe Vincent.
0: Yeah, um, the motto stays the same. I mean, the Spurs got to find a way to get a win sooner or later. You know, Wimby is trying to stay positive. You know, I saw the uh, local news here, the feed. Um, and you know it's bad when the local stations, when the local, you know, the sports, you know, they get you the 15 minute sports, you know it's bad when majority of the main viewed sports station, they don't even lead with the Spurs anymore. They're leading in with girls' basketball playoffs and stuff like or where I think we're in volleyball playoffs now or something. Um that lets you know where we're at. Uh but Wimby, I did see Wimby talking, just say, Hey, you know, look, even though he said I like winning, you know, he goes. I believe in uh, still the group of uh, coaches here, the people that have experienced, that have, you know, done this before. You know, eventually, you know, we have belief that we're going to eventually win. We just got to keep, you know, going on and on. Got um, to pound the rock. Yeah, they. This is they, they. need to come up with a new slogan besides that because this is more than pounding the rock. Um, this is maybe need to take a look at the foundation of what's going on. Uh, There's only one team that has a longer losing streak than them, and they're the Detroit Pistons. Um, Like I said, the only bright spot that I can take of right now is post their time off due to the end-season tournament when Pop didn't give them off. The games they play, starting with the Minnesota Timberwolves game, parlaying it with the Bulls in a game they should have won, and then even going to the game against the Rocket. It's the defensive effort and a little bit of the rebounding's been better and I think that has to do is because there's some real natural positions being you know tweaked into with Wemby maybe going at the center position and then you know of course Vassell, the ball getting taken out of his hands for the most part of really not being the starting point guard so but eventually you know you're going to have to get a w now can they beat the lakers uh without lebron let's say there's no lebron or ad I don't know man I don't know And that's sad to say that um, because you still have a D'Angelo Russell. You still have an Austin Reeves that could get hot. Um, I really don't know. I think this young Spurs team, their biggest problem is really that they've got to figure out two things. One, how to really play consistently four quarters and finish a game and how to exercise the demons of the third quarter. And that is part of coaching. It really is. I mean, you know, you have to do – you know, football coaches have creatures of habit. If you have a football coach that goes on a two game, three game losing streak, they're gonna change it up. They're gonna change up practice. They're gonna change up meeting times. They're gonna change that that's the that's the nature of the beast of an NFL coach when you go losing streak when you constantly are getting beat down in the third quarter um now they didn't give up a big disparity of third quarter in that rockets game they played the third pretty close there they still lost the quarter though
1: they've played the last few um, pretty close yeah but
0: they're still losing
1: quarters right they're still all l's in those third third quarters
0: um,
1: um i think one of them, I, they've been they've taken one uh there was a tie in one they're getting better they're playing better defense they're, they're, they're playing better
0: effort in the defense. Uh, but the reality of it is, is overall, this losing streak is starting to get national attention. And that's the gift and the curse of concentrating on Wimby's success or where we're measuring him. You know, LeBron's rookie year. Saw that in the four-letter network this morning. They, you know, where is he at compared to that? You know, the losing. And then all of a sudden, it's going on. Well, wow, they've lost 17 in a row. You know, I had saw Mad Dog do a whole segment on it this morning. I think on first take, it came across my radar. So at the end of the day, regardless how they're proven, they've got to win a ball game, period. They've got to win. And the third quarter situation, you that is strictly on coaching. It is. I mean, whatever is going on coming out of the third quarter or out of halftime, you got to change that up, you know. I mean, it's the same thing that I say about uh, the Denver Broncos in in the third quarter in their situation. On this whole, we're gonna we're gonna defer defer, and then we're gonna get the ball in the third quarter. They've yet to go take that ball in the third quarter and go get a touchdown out. Of it. I think maybe one or twice they've gotten three out of it, but for the most part it's three and out. Something's going on at halftime in regards to there's a struggle, and you know the majority of it is especially I would say that in the Spurs' state situation, even Denver, it's mental it's it's they're human it's a black cloud over like here we go they, they won't admit it but that's just something a hump that you got to get over so we'll see how they play tonight but if that's a three and a half point favorite with the lakers yeah lebron i'll tell you for 100 percent, lebron ain't playing and that sounds like to me that ad might sit too because i think even with ad you would still get lakers maybe minus six You know, that Vegas set that in about six. That's about two buckets, you know, three buckets, excuse me, two three-pointers. So that's where that line would be coming in. But we'll see what happens. We'll circle back around later a little bit to the NBA later to take a look at some of the other games that's going to be in action tonight. Let's make a transition to the National Football League where we had some big news that started to circulate yesterday evening in regards to the New England Patriots. Um, According to NBC Patriots reporter Tom Curran, Uh, A decision on Bill's future Has already been made And according to Mr. Tom Curran This decision was made After the loss to the Indianapolis Colts in Germany um, When we really saw a bad Play from Mac Jones It was just horrible It was bad offense And bad everything Um, I will tell you that There's a, a lot of different outlets That are running with this report from Tom and and I will tell you the reason why um Tom is very credi- credible when it comes to the Patriots he has inside um sources um with the Patriots, there's there's really when you talk about national guys, there's only really two guys, two to three guys. Maybe I can think off the top of my head. Uh, the man that wrote the book and the guy that broke the whole inside when the Tom Brady bill breakup, his name slips my mind. Tom Curran's another one. and I think I'm leaving one other one out. So whatever source or whoever told him how these events played off that had Robert Kraft's ear, I do believe in them. Now, what I'm going to tell you, though, with this grain is take this report with a grain of salt, because at the end of the day, and, and you got to look at it. Whoever told this to Tom, whoever was with Robert Kraft in that trip over to Germany or after that game, there's raw emotions in this as even an owner. When you're used to winning and you won multiple titles and you also had to stomach a guy that you called pretty much your son. Your stepson, speaking of Tom, you have to stomach him going to watch him win a ring with another organization. You're going to have these, uh, there's so much you, bills up you can take. And this goes back to, I think, Josh Medina, whoever asked me yesterday, what is your effectuation with the odor? Why is this so important? Because now you have a guy that hired Bill that gave up a draft pick for Bill that is that has so much success with Bill Belichick looking like, I'm tired of losing these last few years. And not only that, as Tom pointed out in this report, that this kind of started when you look at the two 2019 draft, there is nobody really left on the, on the roster from the 2019 draft. I really don't think so. If no minimum and maximum, you might have one or two players, but I think from what I saw and what I kind of have known that I don't think anybody that they had, that they drafted. So with that in consideration, you missed on a whole draft in 2009. On top of that, add in the mix where it looks like you possibly has missed on a first-round quarterback that you decided to take, which I've been on record, and I really do believe this. Mac Jones is not a New England Patriots quarterback taking the first round if it wasn't for the relationship. And all, I believe, all the pillow talk late at night between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick because of their personal relationship that Mac Jones landed in New England. Uh, With all that said, that's going to set you back. So I think this is a point to where regardless what Tom is saying and what he's reporting, which I think his sources are valid. Bill was asked about this in a radio interview against his weekly appearance. He just said, hey, we're getting ready for Kansas City. we're ready for Kansas City. Um, There's going to be a conversation at the end of the season between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick regardless. The one thing I've said about this whole situation is that he is not getting fired during the season. And even after, and, and, and I don't even think the decision is probably going to come down as soon as Black Monday. It might, but I think without a doubt, there's going to be a meeting between these two individuals and they're going to talk to each other. And really what it comes down to, because you got to think about how much success that they've kind of had together. They're going to mutually and they're going to figure out what are we doing? Are we ending this? Can we fix this or is it time to move on? And not only that, even if this decision is mutual for both parties and it's best interest to move on, I believe Robert Kraft in the 23rd to the 24th hour of this is still going to try to figure a way, how does this benefit the New England Patriots? And the way it be, be, uh, benefits the New England Patriots, I think once they figure out that it's time for them to move on or Bill doesn't want to give up control, because I think the one thing that all Robert Kraft can say, are you willing to bring in a GM and a footballer president of operation? He still has a top defense. The defense is performing well. And I'm telling you right now, the Kansas City Chiefs kingdom fan, it's a nine and a half. We're going to do midline line reports. It's a nine and a half point spread going into Gillette. But these are the type of games that look, first of all, the way Kansas City – Offense, look, they shouldn't be favored by nine and a half over anybody until proven otherwise. We know New England's defense is always this is one of those games you watch out with all the water. Oh, bills out, bills out. They're going to until the 24th hour, Robert Kraft is going to find out if it's time to part ways. How does the New England Patriots still benefit from it? And then that's when I believe even in the last hour, they're going to try to trade him. They're going to try to figure out if he's going to continue to coach, and I don't think anything sees to me that Bill Belichick is slowing that he doesn't want to coach anymore. Now, I said this a couple weeks ago. I can see a year off, but I don't believe he's done with coaching, and I don't think he's close to ready to be done with coaching. Like I said, I don't know if the new 75, 73 is the new 50 because you got a lot of dudes in their 70s that still trying to put work in and lead the country. My goodness. But the reality is they're going to have a conversation, regardless if this report is true, and they will figure out how they're going to do it. But I do believe that Robert Kraft will figure out where he would like to go if he's going to continue coaching, and what's the possibilities that they can work out something with the team. And the only way that I think that happens is if there's all of a sudden a multiple team market that creates for Bill Belichick if his time in New England is truly up. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. It's been the one and twos. We'll be back. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Doseckis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro De Bell Tequila Studios, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillen Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pillen Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling. Glacial fresh spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillen Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. And don't forget, Pillen Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association. And it's an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. And it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind as well. Pilden Whiskey. 87737 Grind. All right. So, uh,. Yeah, that's my thoughts about the uh, New England and Bill Belichick situation. And I've said this a few times as we've talked about this over the course of going back to the summer and really early on this year as they, you know, started off pretty bad and continue. I mean, I know, and it's crazy, like, I mean, to me, the only thing that I know that this is a credible source, but I still question, like, why does this come out now? I mean, this comes out after a win, you know. Um, But, again, it is what it is. Um, What do
1: you got? Well, sometimes you put it out there after a win, so that the, it doesn't seem like it's because of the loss.
0: I mean, yeah, whoever. You know, so it.
1: it's not a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, you know, the Patriots lost, and now we have the separation of the team and the owner So they found a way to win, and it feels like less end of the world and, less uh, again, less reaction reactionary knee-jerk. Well, I kind
0: of I, I, I kinda see that, but I, keep in mind, first of all, how hard it is to have sources in the New England Patriots. I mean, it's it's almost similar to, to down here. Now, I mean, they don't run things as tight ships as they used to down here where there's more things to get out. But um, I can see that, but I also feel like there's there, there are people in that market and in the media and in that organization that have pitchforks for Bill. They've been waiting for this. They're, they're This is hidden agenda stuff. This is like, you know, I mean, because he's not breaking news, man. Everybody knew that they were. It's been reported that this could be the year that a divorce or a separation is going to be done. That it, it'll be we're, we're just, you know, wait. It's not if, but when. So I just feel the timing of it is, yeah, but it's still, you know, to be it, it's still something with some ill will to the fact against bill there there's no i think there it's it's a good chunk of people in that building on the football operation side of things and on the day-to-day business side of things in the organization that are ready for him to move on And for somebody else to do That's just my opinion And I'm pretty sure If I was a betting man I'd bet that I don't stand alone In that opinion And it's probably factual So we'll see how it plays out Uh, Sticking with the uh, NFL uh, swing of things uh, Also came across my radar today um, Cam Newton Calls Dak Prescott A game manager now he's doing a podcast. Cam has a podcast that he does, and um, he was talking about the quarterback position. Um, now he didn't single out just Dak, but he was talking about, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, this kind of stemmed probably maybe from some interview conversations or whatever. But he had also brought up Brock Purdy, okay, uh, in this category. Jared Goff. He put Dak in there, and Tua, and Tua. Um you know look I've got respect for um Scam Newton I've always have um but I stick again consistent and it, it, you know again the clicks the views and the trending has made everybody sell out their morals and their, uh, their ethics away of written codes. Now, the other side of this is you can look at it to where if radio guy who's never played in the NFL, let alone quarterback in the NFL, that can have an opinion on Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Tua, Goff, how cannot a former league MVP um, national college champion not have to be able to have an opinion and speak that way? I see that side of it too, but I still do not like guys who are quick to come to this side of the world the 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 the, the sports media world and really just sit there and when you've played the position and knowing how hard the position to be to come out and with a just a brush and just say hey I'm going to sit here and tell you all these guys are game managers now cam newton has taken a lot of criticism and I can see because I'm kind of like that way in a little bit like, hey, what I go through and what I feel like I've gone through in life, I can't have people around me that basically I feel that either are going to complain or if, if I've gone through it, if I hear you like, hey, man, it's hard for me to have sympathy because what I've had to deal with, I'm just that don't make it right. You know, um, maybe I need to be in more Sunday service and not think like that. But the reality is I can understand that kind of cloth. And I think Cam Newton has a little bit then like, hey, I, I had to take a lot of criticism. So even if I, those are my peers, and my former peers, I'm going to sit there and say, hey, this and that. And also, you've got to take his comments with a grain of salt in regards to he's not in the arena anymore. And in my opinion, I don't think Cam is not in the arena anymore because of choice. He's not in the arena anymore because nobody has felt like Cam Newton at the stage of his career, his age, his skill set can even be a game manager for anybody. So a little bit of that, not all, but a little bit of that comes, I believe, into Cam Newton's play. Because Cam Newton has also dropped dime on us before. I should say dropped game or dropped bars and let us know that, hey, there's not 31 other quarterbacks better than me or backups. 15, there's not 15, 16 guys But He's also fired that off in the last 18 to 24 months. So, um, but when you peel back to what he's saying, is he lying or is this whole game manager quarterback title been misdefined and misconstrued? Do we throw that around too, too loosely like we throw around shutdown corner or we throw, you know, elite defense? Do we throw that around to the fact, oh, well, he's just a game manager? I don't like Dak Prescott. The plays that Dak Prescott has made this season for the most part, especially in the last month under Mike McCarthy in this offense, there's nothing about that, I believe, that says game manager. Like, if you go listen to the clip of Cam, Cam kind of says, well, hey, well, you know, it's not the fact that, like, like look at Brock Purdy. They're not winning because of him. It's like, we're asking you just not to go in and turn the ball
1: over. He says they're not difference makers.
0: Yeah. And to me, I, I would just sit there and say that I think he needs to – He's throwing her, in my opinion, he's throwing that around a little bit too loosely because if you look at the level that Dak Prescott is playing that position and that West, that stop that particular style of West Coast offense, the way that Mike McCarthy's calling the plays, and if you go look at the dropbacks, if you go look at Joe Montana, and there's no way I'm comparing Dak to Joe Montana, because Joe's my goat, um, there's no there's no way that you look at that those footage, you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look at guys that's played this way, and you see the footwork, and the way he has gotten that down this year with the coach and the Mike McCarthy and the type of throws and the type of offense. They did, you're not you're not blowing out people at home by an average of, what, 23, 25 points, I think, the run they're on. I mean, you'd have to go back, I think, that, that – um, You'd have to go back to that Denver Broncos team of 2012, I believe, that Peyton Manning set the touchdown record and the, the yards that year. You're, you're talking about a stretch of like greatest show on turf, and then that one Denver offense where home. Talking about what they put up performance wise, home. You can't do all that, and then you're being you're being a game manager.
1: Well, really no. quickly, I mean, the Cowboys defense plays better at home too, which gives no, you more I got opportunities you. defensive you. scores. Got you.
0: I, you don't, in my opinion, you can't, overwhelming, we can't consider, and a lot of people are saying that if it ended today, which it doesn't, but if it ended today, who's the MVP? It's Dak Prescott, or it's between Dak and Brock Purdy. And especially, like, in my mind, I'm going to take more grades down for Brock Purdy because of the history of what I've seen in Kyle Shanahan. Okay? I'll go back to the match job. I'll go back to all this. The proof is there. That's why I have to dock Brock Purdy some points, even though he's making some hell of a throws that it don't look like too many of the quarterbacks out of 32 could make. Dak Prescott, if it ended the day in his level of play, you would have to probably give him the MVP. And those two, I believe, are very, it's very rare or hard that you can basically have both be a game manager and win the MVP at that position because we all say it's a quarterback award anyway that's what we call it it's a quarter the Heisman Trophy Award the MVP it's a quarterback award so I think that basically you know to sit there and call Dak Prescott the way he's playing right now a game manager I disagree with that the the throws that he's making whether it's home some of the, the reads he's doing that's not he's taking chances Okay, he's been picked off through some of these games or he's thrown it's been a while, but he's thrown some intercept he's taking chances. And and to me, he's dealing with less offensively than Brock Purdy is all the way around. From talent to coaching. So Cam, I mean, when now when you start going to Jared Goff, who's become a turnover machine, I mean, they need him to be a game manager because he ain't right now. Cam, because he's turning the ball over left and right. I mean, they've lost, what, now three out of four games, four out of five Detroit has dropped. Um, you know, they've got a tough one coming up this Sunday, uh, Saturday night in primetime with the Broncos. Goff could sit there and say they need him to be a game manager because really right now, up until last year and this year, he hasn't really played that way. Um, I just feel like we the, the the word game, which some coaches tell you, they, we act like that's the scarlet letter A. But really, as a game manager really being too bad, in a sense? Is that really a bad thing? But we use it, like, in the way Cam was using it, in the way some media people use it and fans use it, you know, it's very derogatory the way we use it and we want to label them. Oh, that's just a game manager, you know? And to me, you I mean, Cam's going to have that list. And, again, Cam knows more about that position than I'll ever know. He played it at the highest level. I didn't. Um... You're gonna roll off that list, and you're gonna leave. You, you, I mean, you roll off that list, but you're gonna leave Russ out of there. What is Russ? Do? Russ is playing a lot better than he did last year. He's proven a lot of people long, wrong. I think if he, especially if they make the playoffs, he's got to be in there for comeback player of the year. Is he not man? Who's managing the game more? Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson? Jared Goff or Russell Wilson? Tua or Russell Wilson? I would say Russell Wilson. He's managing the game very well. If we want to talk about anybody's defense giving them support, <laughs> Denver's defense then gave, them a, gave Russ a lot of support in this thing. And I like Russ. I love Russ. I have a lot of respect for Russ. I've, it's been hard on this year because it's like, hey, all the excuses out the window. But he's done enough to have this team in position. So, And again, I'm never going to be a favor of guys that closely removed from the game just calling their peers, not not a cornerback, not a running back, not an offensive tackle, not a defensive end, but a quarterback, and using that terminology, they're game managers. They're just this. Well, like I said, I got a lot of respect for Cam, but there's GMs that obviously feel like you can't even be a game manager at this point to be a backup, and this is damn near the year of the backups. Seems like we got a multiple of backup primetime matchups this weekend. 877-37 grind. Also, football news, Big Ben. He's on the podcast too. Everybody got a podcast. Everybody wants pay. Even the even the former greats. Big Ben decided to chime in on the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers in regards to their struggles. And really hone in in regards to the, because, you know, you talk about Pittsburgh strokes, you talk about offensively. um, And he gave his thoughts what he thought about the Steelers. And he's also saying that Pittsburgh might have lost their way um, of the Steeler way, put it that way. And it got me to think about it because I saw it and then I basically heard, I don't know if we have audio uh, for it or not, um, but uh, on the long of the lines of the say, well, we have if we, the don't, we okay. don't have transcript. We the audio. Uh, okay. The so what, what did he say?
1: Uh, he said, maybe the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is done. This is on football and with Big Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it needs to be formed a new kind of way. I don't know. Who is grabbing someone by the face mask and saying, that's not what we do. Is that happening? Yes, you have guys on defense doing it, but you need guys on other sides of the ball doing it. You need someone to stand up in that room on offense and be like, hey, this isn't what it means to wear the black and gold. This isn't what, it, what has been handed down from those teams of the 70s, the Steel Curtain, the four Super Bowls, the Knowles, the Bradshaws, the Blunts. All those people, it's unbelievable. I understand the further you get away from that, the harder it is. Unless it's being passed down and carried the right way. Oh, uh,
0: look again. Same thing I said against Cam. I mean, Ben's a first-time ballot future Hall of Famer. Uh, he's a two-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback, and he—I he, mean, he's—he's he's part of those greats of Pittsburgh Steelers. So, if anybody can give their opinion on the Steelers, Ben can. But one of the things Jonas didn't read in that was in there, the conversation of Matt Canada and everything came up in the offensively. Because when you look at the Steelers, man, that's the the point of frustration is the quarterback position and the offense in whole. And firing Matt Canada didn't really change anything. It, it made it a little bit better in that Cincinnati game where they still lost, but they had over 300 yards of total offense or whatever that was a coming out party since Matt Canada left. The one thing I'll say with Ben, though, is, look, man, the last couple years of Ben's career, the offense looked bad in Pittsburgh. You can maybe argue the last three years of his career. Um, When he says the toughness, I, I have a problem with him saying that, you know, that the Steeler way could be gone because, in a way, that's a reflection and that's a shot fired at Mike Tomlin as far as I'm concerned. That's basically what you're saying. When you're talking about what the, the culture, it's always the coach. But at the end of the day, you know, when he says, well, there's nobody that's going to grab a mask. There's nobody that's going to get in from, well, the truth of the matter is you could have said those same questions that Ben is on his podcast talking about. Those are some of the same discussions that were taking place in the last two years of his career. Um,
1: Look, man, I mean, the NFL is hard. He started undefeated from, like, both of those years, didn't they? Like an eleven-game, twelve-game winning streak, Dude, both times.
0: Pittsburgh's offense was trash the last couple of years of Ben. He could not move. Um, it, it you know it was tough. I know on Mike. No, no. So no, their their last two years of offense under Ben was pretty bad. Um, I don't know if they were Kenny Pickett under you know Cameron or you know Camden bad. They're all former offensive uh, Canada bad. I, but they were pretty bad. So, my point is, is that, you know, to sit there and say the Steeler way could be gone, I, I think that's a little bit, you know, overboard and more shot at really, you know, and I'm not saying he has any ill will of Tomlin because I don't think he does. I don't think Ben has any beef with Tomlin, but that's what you talk about when you talk about especially when it comes for former players that's what you're talking about with the coaches and the, where the players at but uh, we'll see you know it's just a lot of frustration uh, in Steeler country and black and yellow country right now from the fans and former players you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. get a dose we are broadcasting here from the Maestro Bell Tequila Studios Calvin Casey Jonas Clark producer. it's been the one and twos we'll be back
2: The biggest savings of the season are at specs. The fun starts here.